In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Today, we are commemorating and remembering St. John, the Apostle, the Evangelist, the Theologian. He is all of these titles. But one of his other monikers is that he is the Apostle of Love. His preaching and his life demonstrate how central love was to his life. All the aspects of love, all of the expressions of love were part of St. John's life. They became part of his very being. You couldn't think of St. John without thinking also of how he loved our Lord and how he was our Lord's love expressed to all the people that he met. St. John was a unique apostle. He shared the most intimate and the most powerful God-revealing moments of our Lord's life. He was there for each one of them. He was unique among the apostles and disciples because he strove so strongly to be like his master. He was like them in many, many other ways, many of the other apostles. He was like the three who witnessed Christ's transfiguration. He was like all of them called, and like his brother even, he was called Out of the boat in the Sea of Galilee, he dropped his nets and he followed Christ. But what St. John was unique in is that he was the apostle who never left Christ's presence, even to the death on the cross. Because he stood by him, he became a son of and a steward for the Theotokos herself, our Lord's mother. What a unique position he had among the apostles and a unique perspective that he shares with us. But he was also unique, um, St. Gregory Palamas tells us. And today we're going to look at how St. Gregory talks about St. John and talks about that love that he expressed and how we too can learn how to love like St. John did, as central as St. John made it to his life. St. John was unique though because he was pure and innocent, a youth who was ready to drop everything and follow without any wavering. He did so by dropping those nets, and he did so at the foot of the cross, and he even did so in his very death. So what does St. Gregory say? He says that St. John had many great names that he shares with the apostles, but he has also many unique names. So what does St. Gregory say? He says other great names, however, were his as well, for he is not just the beloved virgin, but the son of the virgin, of the virgin mother and the mother of God herself. What Christ was to her by nature, John became to her by grace. If he alone was allotted the same mother as Christ, he alone of all men was his brother, kinsman to the son of God, and like him in all respects. Christ was the beloved son, John was the beloved disciple. Christ was in the bosom of the Father, and John leant on the breast of Jesus. Christ was a virgin, and by his grace, so was John. Christ was the son of the virgin, and so was John. The Lord thundered from the heavens, and John was thunder. For he, more than the others, was called thunder and the son of thunder a most theological thunder, which resounds to the ends of the earth, declaring the divine truth that in the beginning was the Word from the Father, 
And the Word was with God and was God, and in him was life and true light, which lights every man coming into the world by whom in the beginning all things were made. St. Gregory continues, This thunder also revealed to us the man sent as a witness to coming to the, of the coming of the true light, made known to us the Word himself who came down from heaven, heaven having been made flesh for our sake, and portrayed with, with the utmost clarity everything he did on earth in the flesh, his works, his passion, his resurrection after the cross, and the subsequent return to heaven whence he had come. All these things were written down, he says, that is St. John says, as he saw them for us, that we might be saved. So this is how St. Gregory talks about, in such lofty terms, St. John. Can you hear in his words that St. John became in so many ways like Christ, because he unwaveringly followed him? All these descriptions of John are Christic descriptions. He is John, but he is John because he is like Christ. This is the call to all Christians, to become like Christ in a unique way that we were created to be. We can see St. John's most unique characteristic, an apostolic call by that last line that we have just read from St. Gregory's laudation of him, that St. John saw and wrote down everything that he had seen, that we might be saved. This is the echo of the ending of John's gospel, or toward the end of his gospel, where it says, He who has borne witness has seen it, and his witness is true. These are St. John's words. This is remembered and said at every preparation of the gifts for the Eucharist as they are being prepared. We echo these words back of St. John. They are said just as the portion of the lamb that is cut out from the bread, that we call the lamb, is pierced by a spear, and wine and water are mixed into a cup. All of these become the life-giving sustenance given to us in communion. These are the liturgical echo of what St. John saw and wrote down. Those words remembered and recounted at each preparation for the divine liturgy, we have, and we only have them, because of St. John's witness. This is the event that among the holy apostles and even among the gospel writers, is uniquely St. John the Theologian's witness. He saw Christ's death in the flesh, the confirmation of that death by the piercing of Christ's side with the spear, and the birth of the church from Christ's side as blood and water poured out for us from that side. Among the apostles, only John saw this, along with the mother of God and all the other women who stood by Christ's side at that foot of the cross while the other disciples ran away and hid and not, did not witness this event. And now we know that we are saved and gain our lifeblood, the lifeblood of Christ from that very side, from Christ's very own body. We can see a second source of St. John's uniqueness, his unerring love for God and those around him. It is said that when he preached, often he would only have a single simple line, love one another brethren, and then he would turn around and continue the Eucharistic liturgy. At the foot of the cross, he was given Christ's mother to care for as his own mother by the God-man himself, 
While the other disciples went off to spread the gospel, he cared for the mother of God. Only after the Theotokos' own dormition does St. John then join that same apostolic mission and spread the gospel among the pagans and eventually laying down his own life at over 100 years old. His preaching may have been simple, but his theology went to the depths and heights of what it means to be a Christian. Those depths and heights he knows because he knew Christ and practiced love in all things. We must understand what love is to know what St. John's simple and profound one-sentence homily means. If we return to St. Gregory, I think we'll begin to glimpse what that love is. And I think we can learn more about what Christian love is by his words. So St. Gregory says that each of you should benefit from your neighbor in all sorts of ways, by means of what you have. You should be a benefit to your neighbor is what he means. Are you unable to heal the sick with a miraculous word? In other words, are you a miracle worker, but not? You can still heal with a word of encouragement. If you personally minister to someone's needs, you yourself, how amazing, will have the Lord serve you in the age to come. In accordance with Christ's own words, for he shall gird himself, it says, and make them sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. If, however, you share with him by giving him from some of your own necessities, you will have a share in the divine riches and Christ's kingdom and will be fed on ambrosia and clothed in royal garments of immortality, as if you had been given clothing to that person, drink to them, and nourishment to Christ himself. Perhaps you do not have the words to teach or exhort people to be virtuous, the power to rebuke or to turn men away from evil and towards virtue. Then, become a teacher by your actions, doing good for yourself and your neighbor. This is also a means of rebuking transgressors. Let them say of you, the very sight of him is an affliction to us because his ways are different from ours. And that's from the wisdom of Solomon. If they find you intolerable and direct insults at you, stand firm. Do not turn aside or weaken or change your course, but be kind to yourself and to them. Looking to the example of Christ and his beloved disciple, taking them as your guide for walking the Lord's straight path. Travel along it without turning back. If they have persecuted me, said Christ, they will persecute you. If you act like this and endure these things, it will be clear to everyone that you have embraced divine love. So St. Gregory, that great man of prayer, tells us that love does not end only with these physical actions. They are the signs of one's true prayer life that confirm the love of God residing within you. That love that St. John, the theologian, so desires each of us to live in and to give and be is for the world. St. Gregory tells us that it does not end simply in physical actions that we have just listed. It means we can, we can be confirmed in prayer. So that great man of prayer also gives us another confirmation. He says, if you long to know the signs of this love within you, I will show you them. Only go on tirelessly in order to find them. When you lift up to God and nothing earthly attracts it, but forgetting everything without force and free from thoughts, you joyfully delight in the remembrance of God and prayer to him, then be aware that you have clearly apprehended love for God. 
and share in it for as long as this converse, or rather union with God, continues. A union of God in prayer. But this is the important part that I want you to hear and listen for. And prayer as an action. This is what this means. He continues, Again, when you pray to the Lord with contrition and sweet pain in your heart, equally for yourself and for every man, know that, you, that known to you, or is unknown, friend or your enemy, whether or not he has grieved you, then know that you love your neighbor. And the love of your neighbor has been formed in your soul. But these dispositions, these spiritual things that you wish for and pray for, he says, will not become yours unless you possess the visible works of love. So we have the works and the prayer must be tied together, St. Gregory tells us. All of this means that love is an action, an action of God working in you to heal and encourage the sick, to minister to someone's needs, to teach virtue, and to be kind to all people in our deeds and in our prayer. This can be practiced by no matter, by, by all, no matter what gifts you have or you don't have. When we practice love for one another, we place our trust in the Holy Spirit given to us, and when we do them as a confession of Jesus Christ, we know and are united to God. We cultivate the fruits nurtured and abiding in love, that courage and that confidence in the process of being perfected for our salvation. This is what St. John is and means to us. We enter that dynamic participation with God's action and love for us, and we become a unique creation to him, one that spreads God's love but is uniquely us. St. John teaches us that God is love, and though nobody has seen God the Father, the life of Christ, the Son, and image of God reveals the Father. St. John's life, his gospel, and his epistles teach us that we can know and be united to God by the love of Jesus Christ, the love of the Heavenly Father, and that of the Holy Spirit given to us, and that continues to be given to us, and by the love that we do for others. Let us simply trust and go and do it. So a holy John, who never left Christ's side and has guided us to begin to understand our loving God, bring us close to him, the powerful God, the sweet God. And though we are not worthy of his bosom, let us at least draw close to his feet. Amen. <laughs>